Welcome to our Wednesday Bible study from the book of Hebrews. Uh, this video, we're going to take a look at Hebrews chapter 2. So if you missed that first video from last week, then you can go back in uh, in these videos and you can take a look at those before because it would make a whole lot more sense if you watched that one before you watch this one. Uh, also, keep in mind that uh, I would definitely recommend if you haven't watched that overview of the Bible project on the book of Hebrews, uh, it would be a great time to do so. Um, so let's let's uh, go over a few things together. Uh, for starters, I wanted to go ahead and, and give you this different ways in which you can connect to the South Edmonton Church of Christ and kind of uh, these are the, the different ways that you can connect to uh, the sermons and the different materials that I put out there and also ways that you can contact me if you want to. Um, anytime that we are studying something in these classes, if you do have a question, obviously we can't really raise hands and things like that in this type of, of setting. I, I can't really see you at this point. Um, but if you do have a question or if maybe something that I said wasn't exactly clear, uh, then you can email me or you can give me a call or just contact me some way. And, you know, we can still kind of cover some of those questions. Uh, I know it won't be quite as real time and, you know, some time will, will pass, but uh, I might also put some additional videos that kind of go along with those questions, something like that. Or, or if you just have some question entirely, something not related to the book of Hebrews, uh, that's fine too. You know, we can address some of those and I most certainly could put out some separate videos in, in those cases. But here's some different ways that you can uh, connect with me. So let's, uh, let's take a look at this text together in Hebrews 2. So if I have to say kind of what the big thing is about, you know, I keep saying that Jesus is greater than all these other things. That's kind of a big theme in, in Hebrews. Well, last week we looked that Jesus is greater than angels. However, really still in chapter two, we're going to continue to see how Jesus is greater than angels. But we're going to see it in maybe like some different ways than what you might expect by the statement that Jesus is greater than angels. Uh, even maybe in chapter one, uh, it was revealed in different ways than what you might have expected uh, as well. But here in chapter two, uh, a lot of what we're going to be covering is going to be kind of the subcategories. So this first subcategory that takes place on these first four verses is that the salvation that we have uh, under the new covenant, it's a greater salvation. Now, that doesn't mean that it's, you know, I mean, salvation is salvation. If you could receive deliverance before, then, you know, you still have deliverance. So it's like are the different ways that you could be delivered. Well, what really I mean by the sense that it's greater salvation is the fact that now we see the fulfillment of all of these promises. In the Old Testament, it was it was promises of what God is going to do and hope that he will do it. In the New Testament, we see that a lot of that hope becomes a reality. It becomes the real thing, the real substance. And the salvation we see in Jesus Christ, that became a real thing. It's not something that, oh, well, we hope that one day God will make things right. No, God has already done that. Um, we do still have some elements of hope. For instance, you know, we don't see everything really in the world the way that we might, you know, it's not perfect. I guess I'd put it like that. Um, but God still does give us hope, and we still do have a promise that he will write even the wrong things that we see uh, today. So let's take a look at this text now. Hebrews 2, Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we would do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, 
which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So in these first four verses uh, of this chapter, what we see is the need for us to pay close attention. Most careful attention is what the Hebrew writer says here in the first verse. Um, making sure that we follow uh, what God has done for us, you know, what he's laid out for us, because things are different today. You know, if we look at the Old Testament, if we see that, look, if you, um, if you broke the law, you received that certain punishment. Well, if that was so true in the, the law of Moses, then shouldn't it also be true with the law of Christ and the uh, commands that he gives us? What, what would happen if we turn our back on the salvation that Jesus not only you know promised, but he fulfilled and he showed us this salvation by what he did for us on the cross? And this salvation, like what's mentioned in verse three right there, is uh, it was first announced by the Lord. Okay, so that has to do with a lot of like the Old Testament things, but then it was also confirmed by other people. And we see that the reality of it. So that, that's what we're talking about whenever we look at the New Testament and some of the things that have changed. Um, it's a greater salvation because it's the reality of it. And also another thing that I will uh, tell you, and I, I believe that the book of Hebrews uh, points toward this very, very beautifully. And that is the salvation that we experience through Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. It not only counts for us, living in the New Testament times, but it also counts his sacrifice, counts for those uh, under the old law who, who lived and died under the law of Moses. The sacrifice of Jesus is still what saves them. It's still the blood of Jesus that covers us is the blood of Jesus that covers them as well and atones for their sins. But we'll continue to get into those themes as we uh, come up on those in, in the book of Hebrews. But for right now, we must pay spe very uh, special attention most careful attention as to making sure that we don't drift away from what God is doing uh, in our world today and what it means to be a Christian for us today. So what exactly does that look like? The Hebrew writer continues to, to get into great detail about that and the importance of this salvation, the importance of, of being children of God um, throughout the rest of this chapter. So let's continue looking. The next uh, categories that we will see um, I'm going to say that all the rest of this chapter is really dealing with this phrase, son of man. And, and I want to point out something about the phrase son of man before. Uh, I know that, you know, you who have gone through the class in Daniel, uh, that's a phrase that shows up in Daniel among some of the other Old Testament prophets. And the phrase son of man, on the one hand, it simply means a human being. It, it just means kind of anyone who is a son of Adam, you know, a son of man. That's what it means. So it just means human. But in another way, and how we oftentimes use it in the, the New Testament times and kind of whenever we sing songs about the Son of Man, it's not just a Son of Man, it's the Son of Man. Because this phrase, the Son of Man, took on special meaning in Jesus Christ. And Jesus loved to refer to himself as uh, the, the Son of Man, not just a Son of Man, but you know he is the Son of Man. And the importance comes from one of the passages here in, in the book of Daniel, let me turn here in, uh, hold on just a moment. I meant to have this marked, but I, I didn't yet. Daniel chapter seven. I also don't have it up on the screen, but I wanted to read this to you. Daniel chapter seven, verses 13 and 14. 
this is kind of the importance of the the phrase the son of man and and also this is important to this conversation because i i, I don't believe that if if uh, or i do believe that if we're not as familiar with the phrase son of man then what we read in this chapter is not going to make as much sense as well uh daniel chapter 7 verses 13 and 14. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. And that passage is specifically is talking about Jesus Christ and how he is a son of man. He is a human being. But he ascended on the clouds and he went to be with the ancient of days with the father himself and he reigns and also people worship him and all of these things are attributed to jesus because he is this son of man so the son of man is greater than angels that that's what we're going to see in this chapter in verses five through nine we're also going to see that the son of man the reason why he loves this phrase uh son of man is because it connects him with humanity and shows that he is our brother and that's what we're really going to look at in verses 10 through 13. And then in verses 14 through 18, we're going to see how this son of man, this one who is a human being, Jesus Christ himself, how he conquered death. So let's take a look at how all these things unfold together. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 5 through 9. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking. But there is a place where someone has testified, what is mankind that you are mindful of him? of them, a son of man that you care for him. You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Okay, in these verses, we see this phrase, son of man. And if you look at the psalm, you know, you might have noticed that this, this might read a little different than kind of how you're used to. Um, what the NIV translators chose to do is when they talk about uh, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, you know, it keeps using the, the phrase them instead of him. Uh, however, sometimes you might see that it's just talking about one um one person you know at times so the way that uh, they they go between the them and the him in the niv translation you're probably gonna have to read this again to kind of follow along with that and, and what i'm really talking about there um I, I believe that this is a good way of looking at it as to the distinction because we don't see all uh, of everything you know putting everything into uh, subjection to humans we don't see that in the current world so what does that mean about what it does state there? How, you know, that God is going to subject them to the Son of Man, that he is going to subject them to mankind, uh, even though we're not necessarily something great, but yet we are. He's put everything under our feet. Well, if he's put everything under our feet, how come we don't see that we can conquer everything? You know, why do we still see so many things that are wrong in the world? So many things that just aren't made right. Why do we see those? Well, in this passage, what it gets into is the fact that, yes, that was promised and that is uh, going to be taking place. But at the present, what we see is we see Jesus Christ. We see that he has been the first one 
to kind of show us what the rest of us are going to be like someday. Um, like in verse 5, it talks about how it's not to the angels that he subjected the world to come. You know, we're kind of talking about this world that is going to come, not necessarily the world that we see right now, but the world that is going to come whenever God makes the new heavens and the new earth. At that time, we will see mankind and everything being subject to mankind. Now, that was part of God's plan, even in this world, in this earth. Uh, if you remember back with Adam and Eve and you pay attention to kind of what it is, they were supposed to have dominion over everything, over all of the earth, over all the, the animals and everything. Uh, so because of that, God planned for us to be rulers with him, for us to uh, take care of this earth and for us to control things. But yet we don't always see that uh, being under our control in this world. That's because we are looking forward to this new heavens and this new earth, this thing whenever everything will be put under our feet. But for the time being, what we do see is, and that's what's mentioned in verse eight, uh, but you know, at the present, we don't see everything subject to us. We don't see everything subject to them. But what we do see is Jesus. And what do we see in Jesus? Well, we see that he for a time was made lower than the angels. When was that? Well, that was whenever he was a human being and lived among us as one of us. That's when he was lower than the angels for a time. But yet now he's not like that. No, now he's crowned with glory and honor and he is better than the angels. In fact, the previous chapter uh, mentioned about how in verse uh, chapter one, verse six, let all God's angels worship him. See, he is worthy of worship. He is greater than the angels now uh, because of what he's done and the the uh, part that he played in, in human history and the part that he played in humanity and how he suffered death. But because he suffered death, he suffered it for all of us and he helped all of us be able to overcome death. He is the one that gives us this hope. And that's what we'll pick up in, in verse 10 as well is this, this hope that we have. And, and the great things that Jesus has done for us. So before we get into verse 10, um, the next slide, it's going to have, uh, it's going to pick up in verse 10, but I want us to make sure that we connect it to verse 9. So I'm going to read verse 9 again, and then we'll go to this next slide. So verse 9 again, but we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Hebrews 2, 10 through 13. And bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly, I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here I am and the children God has given me. So what we do see in Jesus Christ right here is that he is the one um, that has accomplished all of these great things for us. He is the one who brought many sons and daughters to glory. How did you do that? Remember, we got to combine verse nine with verse 10. And we have to see that that's what he did because he is crowned in this glory. He is crowned in this honor because he suffered this death for us and he tasted death for everyone. Because of that, he was able to bring many sons and daughters to glory. See, that's how we 
ourselves can, can partake of the wonderful blessings that are found only in Jesus Christ is because Jesus Christ has done these things for us. He took death in our place. Um, he conquered death in our place. And that's something that we'll see in the, the next few verses as well as we finish out this chapter. But Jesus not only uh, took this death for us, but I mean, he conquered this death for us. That's why even Jesus himself says in verse 11 that he's not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. Think about what that means for a moment, that Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers or sisters. You know, there might even be times in this life that you might be at least the slightest bit ashamed to call your own brothers or sister a brother and sister. You know, maybe that might even happen within the church. I mean, let's be honest, sometimes there might be some times that we could be ashamed to, because of the behavior of our brother or sister, we might be slightly ashamed to call them brother or sister for a time. But Jesus is different in that. He's not ashamed to call them brother and sisters. No, no, no. He is bringing us all, making us all this family of God. He is working great things because he became a human being. Jesus did not become an angel. He wasn't an angel beforehand. No, he was the son of God. He is the son of man. He himself became a human being. He is God in the flesh, just like what John 1 uh, verses 1 and 14 talk about. They talk about how Jesus is God. He was made a human being for a time. And whenever he became a human being, he did great things in the world and showed us wonders uh, about being able to have hope in the future, about being able to take part in this uh, sons and daughters of glory that, that he does. He can bring us into that. The reason why he can bring that is what he did on the cross for us, what he did throughout his whole life for us. And the rest of this chapter goes into even a little bit more details about the great things that Jesus did for us on the cross and how he conquered death. So let's take a look at those. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helped, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of people, because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. So this passage right here shares with us exactly how Jesus Christ conquered this death, that he did share 100% in our humanity. See, I believe that we as Christians, we have got to be very careful in how we understand and how we talk about Jesus. Because on the one hand, we could emphasize that Jesus is God so much so that we just kind of Oh, well, yeah, he was tempted in the wilderness, and yeah, he was tempted in his life, but he was God, so we know he was going to make it. And, you know, we just kind of excuse away some of, the, some of the trials that he went through. However, if we take the opposite side of that, and if we try to emphasize that he was a human being, and we emphasize that so much that we don't, we, we take away from the fact that he was also God, then we can be left with, well, he was a good man, he was a great teacher, but, you know, was he really the... Was he really God in the flesh? And that mindset is, is one that can be very scary and lead down some very strange roads. But in Jesus Christ, we got to understand he's both of these. 
And if we emphasize his humanity too much, then we might miss the fact that he is God in the flesh, and that's very powerful. But if we emphasize that he's God in the flesh so much, then we can take away from the humanity because as in verse 14, he shared in our humanity completely. And the reason why he shared in our humanity completely is so that he could break hold of this power of death, so that he could conquer death and he could con conquer the devil, uh, as what's even mentioned here in verse 14. That's how he was able to free us. He's able to free us from this fear of death. You know, many people throughout history have tried to find different ways of being able to escape that fear of death. Sometimes even Christians have a, at least somewhat, a fear of death. Sometimes people might even word it like this, that, well, it's not, it's not dying that I fear. It's just kind of the process of it, you know, getting to that point. You know, we, we want what's on the other side, but we don't always want to go through death in order to get there. We sometimes do have this fear of death. A lot of it comes down to it's just the fear of the unknown. However, in Jesus Christ, it's not unknown. He's gone there. And he's come back. And he's told us there is hope. There's hope not just for him, but there's hope for you. There's hope for me. There's hope for us all. He himself became one of us. And he died, but he conquered that death. And he did become fully human in every way. That's stressed not only in verse 14, but it's also mentioned here in verse 17. This is also where he connects. And I believe this is the first time that we've seen him really being connected to being a high priest uh, to God. And that's one thing that we're not going to get much into detail just yet about Christ being our high priest. Because the Hebrew author is going to devote um, chapters to that, really. Um, and, and a lot of the sacrifice that high priests would offer. Well, Jesus Christ is better. He's a better high priest. But right here, he most certainly is a faithful high priest. He's one who is a human, and he's one who has done all these things. He's made atonement. He's taken care of our sin. He's done away with the punishment of our sin because he himself took it upon himself. He kind of you know, absorbed it, I guess, if you want to look at it like that. Um, but in verse 18, we see this verse at the end of this chapter to remind us that he did suffer whenever he was tempted. Once again, we don't need to focus so much on the fact that he was God and take away from his suffering that, he, that did take place and take away from that those temptations because they were temptations. They were struggles. They were sufferings that Jesus Christ endured and he overcame. That is how it gives us hope that we too can overcome. We can have that hope of being just like Jesus Christ and the same type of body that he raised with and that he uh, continues to, to have even to this day. That's the same type of body that we ourselves will one day receive as well because he's a human still he's a human he is still god we are going to always be human um you know sometimes people might uh, believe and might talk about how we turn into angels you won't find that in the scriptures what you will find is you are a human being you will always be a human being um yes there will be some things that you might have in common uh, a little bit more so in in the future with with angels for instance there's not going to be any male or female there's there's not that among the the angels uh because um, those are things of, of this earth things of the flesh uh whenever we receive a new body it's that's not going to be part of it uh, we're going to be human though and i don't know exactly how that's going to look like and you know how much you're going to look like your current self um but we do see that uh, that's the hope that we have that Jesus conquered that death, he overcame it, and he offers his brothers and sisters to also be able to experience that wonderful 
uh, glory, the wonderful blessings that he offers because he is high priest. He took care of our sins. He conquered death. And now he gives us hope that we can do the same. In the next chapter, we're going to continue to see how Jesus is greater than so many of these other things. But for now, this ends this chapter uh, and this also ends this study. Thank you very much for watching this video. And if you want to uh, uh, kind of connect with me, if you want to ask any questions or maybe have me um, go over something a little bit more in greater detail, uh, then, you know, just contact me and I will try to make all those things happen. So thank you very much for your time and for your attention. Till next time.